Who's ready for the word this morning? Open up your Bible to me to Acts chapter 19 as you're turning there. I want to say thank you so much for always with your faithfulness, with your tithes, with your offering, and with your giving. We've been able to do some great things uh, throughout uh, this year already. Uh, we were able to actually deliver all the diapers that you all uh, have uh, sent, uh, donated last month as we were practicing generosity for the sanctity of life. I believe we uh, donated uh, about 3,000 diapers to our pregnancy center. They were so excited for that. That's fine. Yep, come on. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for giving. Thank you for being a part of that and what God is doing there. So thank you uh, so, so much in your giving. And if you want to be a part of what God is doing through our giving, our ushers will be at the door today as you leave to serve you and your family. You can uh, fill out an envelope. You can drop it in the bucket. You can go online, LegacyRome.com, and give there. You can also give on your app, however you feel. But I just want to say thank you for giving today. Acts chapter 19. Turn with me there. Thank you so much for being with us today. If it's your first time with us, I hope you received a Connect card on the way in. If you did not, be sure you pick up one on the way out. Take a moment and fill that out. We've got a just a small gift just to say thank you for being with us today. We just want to say hello to you so you can turn it in at the desk as you leave today. Acts chapter 19, I started uh, sharing this word last week, and I'm going to continue with it. Acts chapter 19, speaking about the supernatural. Acts 19, verse 1, it says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. Let me just take a moment this morning before we continue and just remind you that here Paul is. He's coming into this place called Ephesus, and these people are limited with their revelation. They are limited with their knowledge about who God is and what he can do, and as we can see about the Holy Spirit. It is very difficult, almost impossible, to fully operate in a gift like the Holy Spirit if you've never been taught, you've never heard, you've never seen it, the demonstration of it. And that's why we are in this series right now as I continue to lay some foundation for a couple of weeks ahead. It is so that you can have an understanding of it because you really cannot fully operate in it when you've not seen it and heard and, and watched it be demonstrated and listened uh, and studied it for yourself. And he said, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they said, I didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit. And as I said last week, that 
That is a lot of times where a lot of people in the church, not outside of the church, but Christians are where they've heard of it, but they're not really sure about it. They don't know how it operates. They don't even know if it's even functioning in, in, in modern day. And they said, I don't even know if there is a Holy Spirit. I mean, I know there's this man named Jesus because we've been baptized in his name and we've, and we've been saved. And I know this man named Jesus says that he is a door. He says, I am the door. If you know any, I, I've, I've preached about doors before in the Bible Doors have significant spiritual meaning behind them. And whenever he says, I am the door, a door is a threshold. A door is, a, is, is an access point into something new. If you ever want to get into a new room, you got to go through the door. If you ever want to get into a new building, you go through the door. Whenever you want to get to a new level in the Lord, you go through spiritual doors. He said, I am the door. So that means on the other side of the door, there is something else. There is I am giving you access to something else. So here is Paul who came after Jesus and he is asking, I know you've been to the door. I know you I know you know who Jesus is, but I know you've knocked on the door, but have you actually been through the door? Have you seen what's on the other side? Have you received that gift of the Holy Spirit that's waiting for you after you've been cleansed by Jesus Christ? I know you know about uh, Jesus because John the Baptist has been telling you to repent and be baptized, and they heard that and they repented and they accepted Jesus. But that is where their experience has stopped. That is where, like a lot of us, that is where a lot of our experiences just stop. We say yes to Jesus, but he's really a door to the more. And in verse 11, it says, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call upon the name of the Lord over those who had some evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul is preaching. Also, there were seven sons of Seva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? I spoke this last week. He knew, he knew Jesus, he knew Paul, but he said, I don't even know, I don't even know who you are. And then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This because none uh, this, because, this became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and dealing their deeds. Uh, I want to take a moment before we go further, and I want, just want to remind ourselves of where we were last week when I said we were being basic, just laying some foundations. I reminded you of the Gospels. I reminded you that Jesus took up uh, in the Gospels. He started raising disciples, 12 gentlemen he took, and he added discipline into their life. I reminded you that he told the 12, look, I'm preparing you. I'm going away to be with my Father. And he told them, whenever I go away, I have a gift that is waiting for you. I have this gift 
to leave with you. He said, I, I know you feel like this thing is going to end. I know you feel like the miracles are going to cease. I know you feel like uh, that what I've done, it's going to be over. He said, no, but there's more to come. A gift is coming for you. I will no longer be with you, but I'm going to be in you because of this gift. And in 1 Corinthians uh, 2.11, it says that no one knows the thoughts of God except the Holy Spirit. So if you want to think the thoughts of God, if you want the thoughts of God to be in our land, if you want the thoughts of God to be in your home, if you want the thoughts of God to be moving in the church and around you, there's only one way for that to happen, and that is through the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit could dwell in Jesus, but could not dwell in anyone else in the moment. Why? Because everyone else had sin, and, 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 and the Holy Spirit could not dwell in an unclean temple. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So there has to be a cleansing of, of, of myself so I can carry what is holy. So I can hold the anointing, the spirit that God has for me. So the only way that could happen is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God sent his son. We sing the old song. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Say amen. If we believe that, say amen. The blood is the only way way, uh, the, uh, the blood is the only way through forgiveness. He's the only way into heaven, Jesus is. So he took and he shed his blood and uh, he took my sin and we took on his righteousness also that we could be in the right, so that we could be righteous, so we could uh, be a temple for his spirit and his anointing to dwell in us. And Paul says here, he says, you know what? I did not come with wise words. Uh, uh, later on, if you're reading some of his uh, words, uh, his writings. I love when he says, you know what? I don't come with uh, wise words. If you remember last week, I said that Paul wasn't the best preacher. He said, I don't come with wise words, but I come in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. He said, you're going to see more spirit moving in me than you are words coming from my mouth. He said, I didn't come to wow you with my words. I didn't come to impress you with my vocabulary. Yes, I think there is value in having and providing modern facilities. I think, I think there's great value uh, in technology and systems and structure that helps us be relevant in our society today. But I don't know about you. I don't want people leaving Legacy Church talking about our facilities. I don't want people leaving Legacy Church talking about our technology, our lights, or our cameras. But when people leave Legacy Church, I want them talking about the presence of the Lord. Amen? I want them to feel... I I have been at the king's table. I was weak, but now I am strong. I was so hungry, but I feel like I've been filled again. When people leave, I don't want them talking about the, or being wowed by my words, but I want them to say, you know what? I saw a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. I was just in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Go ahead and praise the Lord with me. When people step into a church, when people have been in the world for six days this week and they come in here on the Sabbath, guess what? They need to feel the presence of the Lord. They, 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 they need to witness a demonstration of his presence and of his spirit. When people get around a bunch of people that have been qualified as a temple, that have been washed in the blood and say, Lord, here I am, Lord. 
Lord, fill me. Whenever they get around people that claim to have been baptized by and in the Holy Spirit, there should be a demonstration of the Spirit. Amen. Guess what? The church should be the most energetic place you step into all week long. The church should be the most energized place you step into all week long. The church should be the happiest place on earth. Who cares about Disney World, honey? Guess what? Whenever you step in the presence of the Lord, Mickey cannot compare to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy is the joy of my salvation. The church should be the most powerful and the most joyful organization. Why? Because a gift has been given to us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. There's got to be something in the house of the Lord that draws people in and the darkest sinner can come in and say, I feel comfortable enough to get up out of my seat and crawl my way to the altar and give my life to Jesus. Do you want to know what causes that? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. There's got to be something that will pierce the heart of the, of the deepest addict that will cause them to walk down on a Sunday morning and pull out their crack pipe and pull out their paraphernalia and lay it on the altar and say, I am free. The chain has been broken and it only happens whenever a bunch of people say, Lord, you can do that here. Spirit, you can move here. We're not going to stop you. Why? Because we're not afraid of it. Because he's on our side. He's here to empower us. That's how it happens. There's got to be a demonstration. And that only comes through the presence of the Holy Spirit. So here we have a man named Paul. And he's operating like Jesus did in, in the Christ, in the anointing. The word anointing a lot of times freaks people out. When they start talking about anointing, they're like, here we go. It's getting all freaky. It's getting all weird. But really the word anointing is just describing and acknowledging that the Holy Spirit has set up a residency inside of someone. Whenever we are listening to someone or watching someone uh, uh, that God is using and we say, man, that was anointed, Whew, that was anointed. Whenever we are saying that, we are becoming a witness that God is in that person and they have that gift that was on the other side of the door and it is flowing through them. Whenever you say someone is anointed, you are saying the Holy Spirit is living inside of that person. They may not have the greatest voice, but when they open their mouth, it pierces, it pierces hearts and souls and you have no choice but to weep. You have no choice but to get up and go to an altar. Whenever we say anointing it's just, it's just acknowledging that the spirit is living in that person. But here is a problem with the scripture I was reading earlier today. There were seven sons of, 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 of Seva. First off that's the problem. Seven kids. Lord bless them. Seven, woo, seven sons of Seva. That's the first problem. But here is the real problem that I want to preach about today. Day, they saw someone else 
operating under an anointing and thought, I can do that. And they did not even realize that what they were watching was someone under a gift called the anointing. The thing about it is, is that, uh, is that someone that's under the anointing can take something that is so difficult and make it look so easy. When somebody is under the anointing, they can sing better than they can in the natural. Amen. When somebody is under the anointing, it can take some introvert person and put them on front in front of people and all of a sudden God, God uses them to reach millions of people. That is the power of the anointing. And they are looking at all the power that Paul possessed. And these seven sons were so caught up in it, but they did not even believe in Jesus, but they were attracted to this power. They see Paul operating in the Holy Spirit, and not only operating in the Holy Spirit, but they see him operating also in the name of Jesus. Get this, the Holy Spirit is the power that he has, but the name of Jesus is the authority in which he is doing it. The Holy Spirit is the power that's been given to him, but when he's doing it in the name of Jesus that is the authority that he is doing it in I use this story analogy in first service if we see a lot of it happening in the news sometimes whenever someone gets pulled over by a cop or police and all of a sudden they take off or they try to outrun them. If you have ever been in a situation like that, I encourage you, do not be that person. But if you've ever been in a situation and you're looking at the cop thinking, I think I could outrun him. He's a little heavy. I, 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 my legs look a little faster than his. I think I could. You're looking at it and you're like, his muscle tone looks a little weaker than mine. I, I, my car looks much faster than his. I think I could outrun him. And then while you are making observations, you suddenly realize that this gentleman has on a badge. You may have more power. You may have more might than he has, but he has an authority because of that badge that you don't have. And guess what? If you try to show your power, if you, if you try to show your uh, your might is better and greater than his might because of his authority that he has been given he has the right to call in backup help to come and get you off the streets listen authority gives you access and the right to things that other people cannot do that is the authority whenever you got under the blood whenever you got saved you started getting an authority authority inside of you. Guess what? You sometimes have got to use your authority and say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. You shall not prosper in my house or my family. Sometimes you have that authority in you. You have that authority. And whenever you have that authority comes in the name of Jesus, guess what? You have the right to call in more might. You have the right to call all in more might. And this morning you may not have a badge. You may not have a certificate. But if you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, amen, if you are a temple of the Holy Ghost, you have the right this morning to call in more might to your problem. 
You've got the right to say, angels, I need you to camp, a, camp all around my house. You have the right to say, Lord, I need an extra dose of the Holy Ghost this morning. I cannot do this by myself. You have a right when enemies come up against you to say, Lord, I need you to fight this battle for me. I'm so weak, I cannot do it. If you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, you have the right to call in more might. Amen? You need to understand this about anointing. The anointing is actually there to help you. The anointing is there to help you. The Holy Spirit is known as a helper. And when the anointing comes upon you, you see it, it starts to fill in gaps uh, where, 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 where you cannot go. It, 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 it starts to fill in the gaps when your natural ability ran out. Has your natural ability ever ran out? I know mine has. Mine does all the time. But the Holy Spirit has that ability to come in and take your natural abilities and push it even further. The Holy Spirit, the anointing, expands your capabilities. The anointing makes you appear better than you really are. Can somebody praise the Lord for that? It makes you appear, appear better than you really are. Why is it that famous singers always have backup singers? Have you ever noticed? They're, they've made millions of dollars because of their voice. But they need people to help them sound good. I was watching a video the other day. It came across uh, social media or something. And it was Celine Dion. And it was talking about all of her shows that she's had the last, I believe, it's, I believe she's been in uh, Las Vegas for 10 years now or so. And she's made billions of dollars. And standing behind her were about five ladies helping her voice. And, 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 it, and it's because no matter how famous you are, no matter how far you climb up the ladder, no matter how how big you think you are, how many of you know you still need someone to help you out? You still need someone there to fill in the cracks and the missed notes. Have you ever been to a concert of one of your uh, favorite people and you're listening to this famous person sing at a live concert and whenever they open their mouth, they sound nothing like they did on the CD? You ever been there? How did you make it? Whew. You can't sing at all. The auto-tune's gone. The mix is gone. The studio mix is no, her, uh, her voice isn't going through something and they're mixing it and making it all sound great. They, 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 they don't even have it. I told first service to me, like, I can't believe Michael W. Smith made it. I don't think the man can sing. He's still trying to find his place in this world. After all of these years, somebody help the man out. I just, I think he's a great person. I just can't stand to hear the man sing. Love you, Michael, if you're watching. But you, you're in this place and you're like, how did they make it that far? How are they famous? What in the world is going on? And this morning I have, I have a great video. I told First Service, I watch it a lot on Monday mornings whenever I need to pick me up just to feel good about myself. This is a video right here of the one, the only, the best-selling Christmas song of all time, 
Mariah Carey. Ooh. It's a live taping. And someone thought, you know what? It'd be funny if we strip all of her help away. So they've gone on and they've pulled out all of her background vocals. They've lowered all the tracks, all the auto-tuning of her voice, all the background vocals, all of the studio mix. Her background singers have gone. They've removed the tracks. And all they have left is Mariah all alone. Check out what it sounded like when all of her help was gone. some help. Amen. She needed an anointing to take her natural ability and push her forward. She could not do it on her own. Amen. When I was watching that, I had flashbacks. I thought, this is not my Mariah. This is not the Mariah one sweet day standing out in the field with boys to men singing in her white tank top and acid wash jeans. That was not that Mariah. She has reached her natural limit, amen. Her natural limit has been reached. Years of singing and doing no telling what with her voice has caught up to her. She has good days and bad days, amen. She has days when she cannot perform like everybody wants her to perform. She has days when she cannot hit that Mariah note that she's known for. She has days when she simply needs help. Can anybody relate on this side of Mariah? Some days, well, guess what? You can relate because you have days when your natural limit has been reached, amen? You have been walking around for years, acting like you've got it all together, and it's catching up with you. You have good days and bad days. Can anybody testify? There are days when you can't perform like everybody expects you to perform, amen? There are days when you cannot hit the note. There are days when you cannot rise up to the challenge. There are days when you fall short of your daily goals. Lord, there are even days when you just simply need help. Look at your neighbor and say, you need help today. You need help. Well, the good thing about it is, if that's you, good news, good news. Because guess what? There is a gift that is waiting for you. There is a might that is about to come upon you. There is an authority that you're about to speak with. There is a boldness that you're about to walk in this morning. There is a wisdom that you are about to to gain. There is a limitation that is about to be broken. There is an hesitation that is about
about to end. Why? Because if you've been called to it, guess what? The anointing will bring you through it. Your natural self cannot get you to the will and the calling of God. It takes what? It takes the anointing to get you through it because if God called you to it, the anointing is going to push you on through it. Amen. Mamas, guess what? Mamas, there is a mother's anointing that's coming upon you. Why? Because God gave you a child, and you are the only person that can raise that child. That child may be on your last nerve. You may be ready to post it on eBay, but I tell you right now, there is a mother's anointing that's coming upon you. Why? Because God gave you that child for a purpose, and if he called you to it, there is an anointing that's coming upon you to lead that child like never before. Daddies, there is a father-like anointing that's coming to your house if you want it. All you got to do is say, Lord, I can't do this by myself. And there will be an anointing that will bring you through it. Why? Because if he called you to it, there's a gift that's waiting for you to bring you through it. That's the way he works. Amen? There's somebody in here, I feel, you feel called to something. And you've tried it a million times to start your business, do this, do this, do this, do this. But you have not activated the gift of the holy anointing upon your life. And you've been trying to do it on your own, in your own time, in your own way, in your own method, your plan instead of his plans, your model instead of his model. Guess what that's called? It's called being hard-headed. That's deep. And you want it your way, when you want it my way, if it's not happening this way. But guess what? Guess what? You, you, you've been doing it in your own anointing and have forsaken the gift that's been waiting for you to get you through what God is trying to do. Don't be offended when I say it this morning, but you need help. And your help is the Holy Spirit. You need a backup singer. You need background vocals in your life. You need someone to take your thoughts and your visions and your dreams and mix them in the studio before they are released and go out. Listen, do not step into another career. Do not change jobs. Do not change, uh, do not change vocations. Do not change schools. You've had, you have majored in five, six, seven different things. Why? because you keep hitting the ceiling. You need to get with the Holy Spirit and you need to let him mix something up for you in the studio of heaven. You need to get with him. You need to let him add some vocals to your life. You need to let him drop a beat on your life. You need to let, get in the studio of the Holy Spirit and let him get you anointed for what he's called you to do. Don't Never, ever look at someone's life or career or ministry and think, that looks easy. I could do that. The question is, do you have the anointing for that on your life? Before you decide that you want that thing that you see, you need to understand this about anointing. Is that every level of anointing, there is a level of warfare that matches it. The anointing's not cheap. <laughs> you want more? Get ready for more war. Every time you want more glory to glory to glory, it's more war to war to war that leads to glory to glory to glory. It's the way that it works. 
For every level of anointing, there is a level of warfare. You can't increase your anointing without increasing of warfare. If you talk to people that are doing great things and they're leading great ministries, I was listening one time to a well-known pastor. Uh, this was years ago, and he was probably one of the largest churches in, in our nation. And he was talking about everything. And there was this young pastor who was asking him about his daily life. It was an interview. And it, um, it, was, it, was, it was actually Rod Parsley, I'll just tell you that. And he was, this was 10, 15 years ago. And someone stands up and asks him, he says, you wouldn't believe this. He said, but uh, every, every week of this last year, I've had at least 10 lawsuits on my desk. People that trip, people that slip, people didn't like something he said. He said, every week, there's not been one week this year where 10 lawsuits have not been on my desk. And they were like, well, how do you do it? How do you get up and you're still on fire? He said, let me tell you something. One thing, you, another thing you don't know, I have an autistic son at my house. That, that I have to be, someone has to be with him around the clock. You don't get it. 10 lawsuits, raising an autistic son, and he's don't get it. He's like, you don't get what my other kids are doing. He said, I can't even mention it right now because, because it's, it's, it's just under turmoil. And they're asking, how, how can your life be in such thing? And guess what? He said, it's because of the anointing on my life. You, whenever you talk to people who are successful, whenever you talk to people who look like spiritual giants, let me tell you something. There is something that's always going on behind the closed doors. Why? Because Satan cannot stand it. And you ask, how can you get up there and preach like that when your home is falling apart? How can you get up there and lead people in worship when it feels like everything is falling apart? Let me tell you what it is, my friend. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the anointing upon their life. And it takes something that looks so different and it pushes them past it and allows millions of people to come to the cross even when their life is falling apart. How does it happen? It's because of the anointing. It's because of the anointing. Ban, help me out. I want to read this last verse to you. You can just jot it down. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. It says, And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant. And of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus, worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Listen, the Bible says that you overcome by what? By the blood of the lamb and by the words of your testimony. As I just read, it says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What does that mean? Whenever you are sharing your testimony, you are actually prophesying to whoever is listening. You're saying, if God did this for me, he can do it for you. Whenever, you're, whenever you know somebody's dealing with cancer and you walk up to them and say, let me tell you something. Let me tell you about my journey and what God did. What you are saying, it's not only a testimony. You're not only sharing your story, but you're setting it forth in their lives. If God did it for me, God can do it for you. Let me tell you about my marriage. Let me tell you what happened. If God can do it for me, you are prophesying. It, it, says, it says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And remember that the anointing 
anointing not only brings victory, but it, the anointing also attracts battles. You cannot have a victory without a battle. The word victory was not even a word until after the word battle came into play. We overcome by what? By the blood of the lamb. By what? You plead the blood of the lamb. What does that mean? You put the blood on everything in your life. When you get up in the morning and say, I plead the blood over my home. Satan, I plead the blood of Jesus against you. I'm coming in the power of the Spirit. I'm coming in the authority of the name. Sickness, whenever you are in my house, the blood of Jesus is against you. In other words, if you want to overcome in a supernatural way, you not only need the power of the Spirit, but you got to bring the blood of Jesus into the situation. Amen. And the word of your testimony. Why do you need to share your testimony? Have you ever thought this? You need to share your testimony because the devil is not all-knowing. If you think the devil knows everything, the devil is a liar. He does not know everything. He does not have that power. Only our Lord and Savior has that power. There are times when your enemy does not know about all of your past victories. That's why you need to walk around telling people what the Lord has done. So Satan can hear, I don't want to mess with that boy today. If he's been through that, I know he can get through this. Why? Because the devil, sometimes your enemy will forget about everything that you've already been through. 1 Corinthians 2.8 says that if the enemies, the rulers of the world, would have known, they would have never crucified Jesus. In other words, they came to the realization that coming against Jesus was the biggest mistake they had ever made. Because what they thought, they thought they put him on the cross. They thought they were going to kill him. But instead of killing him, they actually multiplied him. Because now that Christ that was on him is on billions of people throughout time. And it was the worst mistake they could have ever made. And I want you to get this. Every time you are bearing a cross in life, it's not going to kill you, but it's going to multiply you. It's going to take you from glory to glory to glory. Every time you feel like you're being crucified, it's going to take you from glory to glory to glory. It's going to multiply anointing, anointing, anointing. It's going to be blessing to blessing to blessing. It's going to allow you to climb a ladder of spirituality that you could have never been through if it had not been for that cross that was meant to kill you. Sometimes your enemy doesn't know your past victories. When David came to Goliath, Goliath was standing there laughing at his little small stature. He was small and cute. Goliath was tall and ugly. And he's laughing at this little boy. But Goliath didn't know his testimony. Goliath didn't know that this little boy had been fighting lions and bears for years. He did not know his testimony. But what did God do? He takes the unlikely. Gives them a gift. You got to understand something else about the anointing. Whenever you are anointed, the odds will always be stacked against you. The odds will always be. You feel, like, you feel like you're always behind the eight ball. You feel like you're always behind the curve. It comes with the territory. God took a man named Moses. 
sent him into the middle of the greatest military movement of its time in Egypt. Moses stuttered, could barely talk. And what does God do? God, God puts a stick in his hand. The odds were stacked against him. And God took a man that could barely speak and put a stick in his hand and it overturned an entire nation. He took the ordinary, gave him a gift of anointing and something uncommon like a stick and pushed him out front. This boy would never, never have walked in front of a king. This boy would have never gotten out. Why? Because he was embarrassed. He could barely talk. But isn't it just like the Holy Ghost to take some little introverted person and push them out in front of the crowd and say, you better preach, boy. You better sing, girl. Why? Because you're, you're about to win thousands to the cross. Isn't it just like the anointing to push somebody out front like a little Moses who could barely talk? God showed that his hand was on Moses through a guy named Pharaoh. God showed that his hand was on David because he brought a Goliath in his life. We would have never known that God's hand was on Israel had it not been for the walls of Jericho. And whenever you are anointed, you better know that the walls that the enemy has built to contain you cannot keep you out when the anointing is upon your life. God uses your valleys. He uses your enemies. He uses the devil himself to prove your anointing. That person that has pushed you to the edge this week is a test of your anointing. That obstacle that you've been crawling through and walking through is pushing you. Jesus came to take the sin out so the Holy Spirit could come inside of you. And now you've got to activate that gift. You've got to unwrap it the anointing brings battles, but the adversity that's coming will display his glory and anointing. Stand with me this morning. I want to read this last verse as you're standing. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. It says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial in which you are in. Don't think it's strange. I'm just proving your anointing. Don't think it's strange. I'm just multiplying you. Don't find it strange, this anointing. Don't, don't, don't find it strange, this battle, this valley you're walking through. I am proving myself. 